hello, hi. How's it going, everybody? Uh, welcome to Divine and Congress Reroll Podcast, where we just talk about things. Uh, tonight we have A Shane and we have Dickie. Um, as we're just hello. gonna do casual just greetings chill. and salutations. Just 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 chilling and then just and just hanging out. Um nothing really scheduled for today's conversation. Uh a couple of our members are not feeling well, so uh, um, mm. our questions will be, I guess, drawn mostly from from audience today. But uh, just a general check in. How how are you guys doing today? How are you feeling? I am feeling tired, but other than that, I am fine. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling all right. Uh, I got my my last day at work tomorrow. Uh, with my cemetery job, and then later this week, I'm going to start working with dogs. And who doesn't love dogs? Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> so in your, uh, in your spooky spooky cemetery job, has uh, have you seen anything? Has there been any like weirdness <laughs> happening around? Paranormal activity? Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, of course, you don't go there at night, too. Of, yeah, no, don't go there at night. Oh, um, fair, fair. But honestly, the the place that I work at, like it's it's very nice grounds and it it feels like a a very peaceful place. So I I wouldn't expect any kind of spookiness. So you highly recommend it for anybody looking for a place to rest for the rest of eternity. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's a nice place. I like the uh, what was it? It was uh, in the crow, or like. One of the girls in the show, I forgot what her name was, but the skateboarding girl, you're like, yeah. oh, you're going to tell me not to hang out at the cemetery. And like, why wouldn't you hang out at the cemetery? It's probably one of the safest places on earth. I'm like, why? It's because everybody's dead. Like, what do you got to worry about? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, one of my favorite uh, Terry Pratchett quotes, uh, somebody asked him in an interview about uh, whether or not he feared death. Because death is such an amicable, amicable character in the Discworld books, mm-hmm. and he's just like, no, why? Why would anyone fear death? death uh, well, the unknown. Oh, the unknown doesn't worry me. It's the here and now that worries me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, devil that you don't know versus the devil that you do know. Yeah. I feel you on that. Um, well, I do know that we do have a couple of games, so let me recap what's been happening in those games. Um, for Rise of Tiamat, uh, we are discovering what the spookiness in the forest was, and essentially we're uh, we're fighting a dragon. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that dragon be Oh, hey, hey, Shane, remember when I told you that I couldn't really hear you very well? Yeah, what's up? Okay, well, now I hear you excellently well. It's because my <laughs> microphone was turned up all the way to mic, not to uh, to the uh, computer. <laughs> so I wasn't able to hear anybody. But now I hear you very, very well. So let me, Wonderful. Let me turn you guys down back to 100. Maybe it's blowing out people's ears right now. I apologize if my voice has been blowing out your eardrums. Okay, now everything's oh everything sounds so good. Okay, I'm so glad. Oh, I can hear people well. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Great. 
Um, Hallelujah! <laughs> exactly. Praise the Lord! Yep, 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 yep. Magic works again! Magic! Oh, it's like, why is it being so... It's probably when I grabbed the mic, I just twisted something. But yeah, so now we're fighting a green dragon that uh, has a very specific name. I forgot what it's called. It's not Chol, something like that. Which I drew him in our booster uh, match that happened this... Uh, really? For, yeah. On uh, Sunday, which was yesterday, we had a, uh, our Magic Night, which is uh, an alternating show that goes along with Dickie's uh, classic throwbacks. And I drew... Because we did a draft... Um, I forgot what the blue dragon's name is, and then the dragon that is in Rise of um, uh, Rise of Tiamat, um, and then I drew also Tiamat. Uh, so that was that was pretty gnarly, um, which I'm so happy to drew Tiamat. It's like a thirty dollar card. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's pretty cool. You drew Mama Bad Dragon. I drew Mama Bad Dragon. Um, in our Thurine games, uh, the players are currently facing, uh, the Frost Maiden, because I didn't want to run the campaign, but I saw the image of the character, I'm like, it, this is too cool not to use, so, uh, I thought of, a uh, of a way how to, uh, use her, um, and essentially, the two players worship the same god, which is just nature, um, and during that time era, probably the Romans would be calling that god Terra. So I decided that how do, can I incorporate the Frost Maiden, who is a literal god in D&D, into this world. But the goddess is a goddess of winter and nature, so like, why would they fight their own god? So they're technically fighting one-fourth of their god. Hmm. Uh, and they're going to find out very, very soon that uh, anytime they cast anything towards the Frost Maiden, they're actually need to roll me percentiles because they'll have a 25% chance of that not affecting the goddess at all. Hmm. Uh, for our Friday games, we have our Star Wars game, which this is going to be the last uh, episode. Uh, they're fighting the the Sith Lord, this necromancer, um, yeah. which was a little bit of a... Uh, I keep wanting to say mouthwash, but that's not the right word. Like a, 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 a palate cleanser. There we go. Because yeah, um, uh, we, we do a lot of medieval fantasy, so let's do something I know nothing about, and it's uh, Star Wars. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's go to space. Yeah, uh, that's, that's one of the things I actually really love. I'm part of a uh, bi-weekly Starfinder stream. Uh, next session's actually this Wednesday, and yes. it's just so nice to play a sci-fi game. Because uh, I, I love sci-fi, but but I just, I, I don't get to play sci-fi very often. Yeah. I, uh, I... Are you an alien or a human character? I am playing an alien character. I, I'm playing uh, what, uh, I'm playing a character that, they're called uh, Isoki. Uh, they're basically rat aliens. They're, oh. they're like rat folk. Um, That's cool. Uh, yeah. I'm playing uh, an Isoki uh, technomancer uh, named Warpsick. Technomancer, I like that. So magic, yeah. but with a technology twist to it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, and like a lot of the spells are very similar. Like I can cast grease or heat metal and things like that. Yeah, I'll gotcha. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the I know that me and Dickie talked about this already in uh, like the last podcast or the one before that, but it was just it, it was so hard or is because I'm still playing it to like write for that just because it's not my comfort zone and I have nothing to relate to. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, and then uh, the last game that we're doing is uh, a biweekly game uh, that Dickie runs, which is the Village of Vigilantes game. Um, which, if I remember correctly from our conversations, it could also be ending, at least that yeah, chapter. Might be either going to finish this for, uh, Sunday, mm-hmm. or if not, it'll probably go into the next one for sure. Yeah. And I, again, I'm tap dancing as fast as I can because you guys are going a little bit faster than I'm anticipating. But this time, I've got the ending, so just see how long that takes. Yeah. I really, Thanks. I really dig it. Um, uh, the uh... I so a little bit like pulling the curtain back um, when uh, we posted the last episode uh, if you haven't seen it go watch it it's slight spoilers but we essentially there is a um, the clergy member of this small community who's in contact with a different being and they're trying to grab a whole bunch of worship for this being and we have the spear that is the only thing that can destroy this entity this um, uh, aquatic other being from a different plane. And um, when we posted it... Pure evil it, from all times. Pure evil from all times. Um, when uh, we posted it, we got a guidelines violation on uh, Facebook. Uh, we weren't allowed to post oh. it because it said it was... Uh, uh, it, it defied the guidelines for politics. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, did you guys watch the episode? Because, like, the post literally said nothing political. It just was, hey, here's a link to our uh, to the game. It's out on YouTube. Go watch it. That's, that's the only all it political said. Thing, yeah, the only political thing that's said on it is that this minister does not like superheroes and feels like everybody should be against him. Yeah, so but the only way... that's realistic is beyond me. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the the only way you can, like, know that is if you first watch the episode and secondly there's no text or any information on there the only thing that i think could be is that uh it's the intro is a news anchor situation and like maybe they saw that it was like not a credible quote-unquote news source so they say there was a violation i'm like all right whatever that's stretching it yeah, very, very much of a stretch. They might, they might have been pissed off, too, that you guys broke into a church. That's, I mean, they could have. Yeah, we broke into a church. That's a, that's a no-no. And we uh, <laughs> we stole the gun from the priest, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I may have I've mentioned this in, like, uh, private chat mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's still a fun story uh, to t- share with the audience. Is I I recently got my first community guidelines violation on TikTok. Uh yeah. Which I, I've been proud that I haven't gotten any yet, but uh I got my first community guidelines violation because I was uh sending a private message to Jesus. <laughs> and we were talking about Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, oh my so, god. Yeah, we were talking about Nightwing and I was talking about his new dog that he got. And I said the phrase 
Dick named her Haley after the circus he grew up in. And I I sent it and immediately said, this message goes against our community guidelines. Yep, because you say the word dick. Like, that's a name. <laughs> that's a name. Sorry, sorry, Dickie. Good your Lord. name is, is a violation yeah. of what TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Dickie, you're... you're your, People your don't name. think I'm real. Yeah. <laughs> I think my name's a porn name. Oh, yeah. okay. My last name is Stone. So, you know what, I, Dickie, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That, oh shit, that's beautiful. Yeah. That is a beautiful porn name. So, what's your what's your name, sir? What should we put it under? Dickie Stone. Oh, that's great. No, that's a great. That's a great. Dick uh, Stone. Dick Stone. That's a great alternate uh, name. No, that's my real name. Oh, you're going to make it great in this business. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually really loved it um, uh, a while back. I commissioned Vic for uh, some art or a, uh, a Masks a New Generation uh, show that yes, yes. I was a part of uh, where we played that tabletop game. I. Uh, and we played as the Teen Titans. And it was shortly after I commissioned Vic that I realized we were getting a piece of Teen Titans artwork made by Vic Stone. Oh, <laughs> yes, because that's the... Uh, what, what's the... Cyborg. Cy yeah, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <sighs> that's funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Isn't that funnily his... enough? St uh, funnily enough, st uh, Cyborg isn't even a member of this lineup. Oh, okay, because uh, say, isn't uh, his when he infiltrates the hive and he like he goes in like incognito and he like disguises himself as this? His since you know Cyborg is super strong normally, his like uh, quote unquote superpowers when he disguises himself was just like he turns to stone. Wasn't that like his? Alternate, yeah. alternate ego was just Stone. Yeah, his, his yeah. disguise in the TV show, he called himself Stone. Okay. Uh, nice. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it just goes full circle. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really funny uh, that if he tried that in the comics, everyone would immediately recognize him because he was a famous college football yes, yeah. star. <laughs> yeah. Like, we we know you. We ha We literally have stat records of you. Like yeah. different colleges were looking at you, you're you're not blending in very well. Yeah, yeah, you're Victory Stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no. I love comic books. Yeah, they're uh, they're, it's a very interesting art form. Yeah. Because you can't it, uh, even when like they do shows of these comics. Because you're watching every single second of what's been happening, it just it's you're not thrown for surprises as easily as just by reading the the panels. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the classic throwbacks. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking because I know that you were saying that we're going to uh, when this is over, we're going to see if we go to a different uh, game or if we just stick to Visions of Vigilantes. I, I've really been thinking about that, and I, it might be too early to cast my vote, but my vote is probably going to be to like continue 
uh, doing V and V just because uh, okay. I I'm really digging my character and I just want to see how it progresses. Um, and you see you're seeing the growth of your character too. Yeah, it's 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 uh it's like no, it's too early, not yet. <laughs> but I'm also extremely curious at Boot Hill Bill, just a uh, Boot yeah. Hill Bill, just because I uh, right. It it's it's hmm. I have never played anything like that, so that's why I'm very curious. The spy game also seems kind of like. Boy, that is... that is teamwork. You're going to have to be a team in that. And there's certain missions that are downright, you know, uh, espionage. You got to be secret. You got to spy on people and stuff like that. Yeah. And the others are just kind of like paramilitary raid, and you know, you're just you know coming in and, and saving people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. It, it just depends on which you know which way we're going to go, and I got tons of modules on that. Oh, cool! Because cool. like, because like on this module that I'm working with V and V, I, the beauty of it is like I said, they're all modules are fragmented. Mm-hmm. They're not a complete running movie. They're just little parts here and there. How you play it, yeah. And that's why I get upset when I watch people online, you know, play a module. I saw them play a Gamma World module. And they were just jumping from one thing to another. And I was just like, there's nothing smooth about that. I think you need to add a little story in between. Yeah. yeah. And and then you guys kind of create the story as we go along. So that's the beauty part. But I did, and I will reveal it later on, I did do a major fuck up in the last one. Oh, okay. But I had to do a little homework and a little, you know, looking at things. And I said, aha, I can fix this. Yeah. So it's going to be fixed and it's going to take a little interesting um, turn, you might say. Okay. I, it, it's, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, shoot. What does Bob Ross say? It's not a be- It's not a mistake. It's a happy beauty- little accident. Happy little accident. There you go. Yeah. That's it is. Um, yeah. There's, there's a, a thing that I, I used to beat myself up a lot when I was barely starting to play, uh, like to DM. Uh, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot to add the plus two to this, or this yeah. person should have had this thing. And it's, uh, um, I really took this to heart when I, um, uh, another DM said that there is a, the DM doesn't make a mistake. Like, forgetting a rule from the book isn't necessarily a mistake. What's a mistake is if you wrote something. And you intended for everyone to do blah, but then you said something else, knowing you needed it to go the other direction. Like that's your only mistake. If you yeah. did something against what you wanted to do, like if you forgot something, that's not necessarily a mistake. The story didn't go in that direction. So like you're doing, like we quote unquote made a mistake, and now we're fixing yeah. it into something better. And, and it's like that's that's a. Uh, that's cool. Like that's that's why yeah. I love yeah. being behind the the screen. It's like, oh, wait a minute, because there's been quite a few times where I'm like, oh, I did want them to blah 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 blah. Well, how right. can I incorporate that into the next game? And then like, right. because of that, it sparks new ideas that flow even better. And and that's the beauty of playing the game weekly or biweekly because you got all that time to do research. Yeah. And, and put it together and stuff. I'll tell you the thing that really blew my mind about, because I haven't GM'd a game in God years. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And then when you guys started playing this, I started thinking, well, this is going to work out pretty good. But I didn't realize that you guys were D&D players and you're playing superheroes and you guys are killing people left to right. Yeah. I said, oh, we got to do something about that. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> why any chance that I could, I would be like, out of character, I'm doing this if anybody wants to stop me. Right. Because, like, story-wise, my character, please stop this. Um, and uh, I, 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 I know uh, Vic's character's uh, motivation, so, like, it makes sense. And uh, yeah. the, the day that Jess could not be there, it's like, no, Jess, you're supposed to be on moral compass. Tell us to right. not do this. Um, cause, uh, yeah, uh, with, with the backstory, uh, my characters, I wouldn't say a murder hobo, but, uh, it's some, from ancient times. Yeah. Sometimes the easiest solution is just for this person to die. And I don't mm -hmm. understand, well, they don't understand, well, why can't we just be seen? Well, that's like, there's an entire complicated like structure with politics and, and with mm -hmm. the trust of the people, like you can't, Oh, I, I don't understand why that's an issue. Let's just do this thing. No, no, just don't, don't do it, please. Okay. I won't. Well, one thing that you did really played into the story. It wasn't planned. I didn't see it coming, mm -hmm. but when you killed Blaston Butch yeah, and he had that guy hostage and he was talking to him about the sphere of the Dallas. Yeah. And and then that worked out to me. So I said, okay, I can use that. So I had to tell you, we were going to investigate him, interrogate him, but now we can't talk to him about that spear because you killed him. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, yeah. So then you understood you can't kill anymore. So I thought it was hilarious when you're battling Animus, a seal type person, mm -hmm. uh, and you were sticking in with the spear. I don't know if I should kill this person. You know. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's a little late. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's a very fun game. I've never. Uh, I, I played a superhero game one time, a very long time ago. We were we we did um. I think it was a GURP system. Uh, in uh, I played a, I, I named it after one of my favorite bands, The Misfits. He was just called The Misfit. And all of his powers were pretty much the like a way for me to cheat death. Uh, he had a couple of forms. One, he went completely incorporeal, like he just turned into a ghost, so I could mm -hmm. not interact with any matter on the planet. But I also couldn't be interacted with. So like I just turned one hundred percent ethereal. And I can not be seen or heard. And I can just... It was like my spy mode. And then the other form was my zombie mode. Which is... I just regenerate so quickly that most... Almost any damage that I take, it doesn't affect me. But I'm also extremely, extremely slow. So I'm just literally a walking corpse. Um, See, and I thought, I thought that was interesting about Vic's character. Because he has regenerative powers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Everything except flame, and what's the first thing he ran <laughs> yes. into when he got hurt yes. with a flamethrower? <laughs> exactly. I was, uh, my thought was like, "Oh, 
sticky plan that he's like, this character's a little strong. We're going to have to, like, put some reinforcers in there. And then it happened again. <laughs> it's like, oh, you keep walking. Pick the one that picked that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, don't, no, don't, no, don't fight that person. Oh, well, too bad. Well, that's okay. Dysprosium got his revenge. Yeah, he did, yeah. By using his magnetic powers by crushing the guy in the suit with the flamethrower, <laughs> yeah, metal suit. So. I, I, I love yeah. the uh, the depiction when because uh, obviously they have the suit of armor. It's like, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna, I can't do the death ray, so I'm just gonna go punch them. All right, you punched armor. Yeah, I, I know, I, I know. All right, my turn's up. Like, it's nothing I can do, but my character doesn't understand this. Well, you're using the gravity power pretty good. Yeah, yeah, gravity, yeah. Once uh, I, because uh, uh, um, when you're researching and your abilities, both. and you can yeah, do it to more both. Yeah, so it's like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's yeah, your way of flying, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. But the other games we have, I mean, like you said, Boot Hill, I, uh, I was able to download a, a role-playing cowboy game that I haven't read it yet, but the title of it gives me a little interest to it. The, the name Devil is in the tower, title, but okay. you know, back mm-hmm. in those days in the West, everything was a devil town, a devil this, a devil that. <laughs> true. But um, true, true. You know, just see uh, see how that is if you guys decide to go that route. Gamma That's World, I got cool. so many ways you guys can go; it's not even funny. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of characters you guys create because you have a choice between a human, an animal mutant, or a mutant, or a plant mutant, or a cyborg, you know. I like oh, the, so that's like a post-apocalyptic Western. It is. It is post-apocalyptic. Basically, my next book will be the time that uh, I had these eighth graders play and I kept notes on them. So these characters are going to be kind of not very mature, even though they're grown people. They're just kind of out there a little bit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see. Nice. Yeah, I. Yeah. Every single one. Of I, I love a good, interesting setting for mm-hmm. for a game. Like it, mechanics and things are are cool and all uh, but mm-hmm. like what really draws me to different rpgs are the world and the setting and things yep. like that like if you, if you don't have an interesting like world to draw uh players in then they're not going to be interested and they're not going to engage mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah which that that's why i'm also really interested in the boot hill game because uh we live in Texas. I know Shane, you live in California, right. and we have yeah. so much inspiration here. We can literally walk outside most areas or go to any mall or any store, and like we'll have inspiration for like the aesthetics of the Western game. And yeah, it, it I, came I actually, to my head was like I have never played nor heard of a Western style like RPG. Until you mentioned it, Dickie, and I was like, how? How have oh, I not? I've heard of a few. I've heard of a few. And I'm actually fortunate enough to uh, to have inspiration as well. Because mm-hmm. the, the town I live in is a cowboy town. Okay. Uh, I, it was started as a cowboy town. Um, like, the first, the first person to settle in 
the town that's actually who the, the town is named after uh, uh, just bought a big ranch from uh, a plot of land from Mexico and then the uh, town shortly started growing and growing and I think mm. I think we uh, have the oldest I think we have the oldest rodeo on the west coast really wow. okay that's cool yeah. I have uh I've always been I've had like complex emotions with the rodeo. Um just because uh I am uh uh I've been vegetarian most of my life, so um the idea of the rodeo like I love the aesthetics. Leather is an amazing like uh fun uh tool and artistic like expression and like yeah. there's there's a, there's a whole bunch of cool things and like the I definitely want to go visit the animals and like I, uh, it, it's just, it's where I grew up. So I feel cool, um, to just go to explore the aesthetics there. Uh, but then like there's the bull riding and all this other stuff. And I'm like, ah, that kind of kills it for me. So I've never actually been to the rodeo. Yeah. Um, I hear it's a lot of fun from everyone. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I can't, uh, like, uh, the, um, when the uh, every single sporting event that has to do with like outpowering uh, an animal kind of just like, mm, I'll leave that to the fantasy games when it's not real. I grew up going to rodeos. My dad was a cowboy, so I oh. mean, it just yeah. I remember just going and watch, and I remember I saw one time literally a horse threw a guy off off and then landed on his chest with both hooves, front hooves coming down. Yeah, that got up, walked a few steps, dropped, and then the ambulance came, got him, and took him away. Oh. I couldn't tell you what happened to him after that. Yeah, oh man, I uh, my uncle has a ranch, and I, I go help out sometimes. Um, he uh, he used to only have show horses, uh, mm-hmm. but um, he's been lucky enough that he's invested into cattle farming and um, a whole bunch of other stuff, and uh, um, so like I think at the lowest point he had like twenty cows that he just had. Um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you, that's a lot of land for those, for those, uh, cows. Yeah. And, um, uh, another one of my uncles was, uh, visiting from Mexico and, uh, he was just helping out. He's like, Oh, I've never like worked at a ranch. Like, let me give it a go. And, uh, when he was like cleaning the horses in their stall, one of the horses just like, uh, I guess got spooked. Oh, new person. He was moving yeah. way too fast. So, uh, the horse kicked him right in his arm and he, like you can see the imprint of the horseshoe like in his arm but he didn't say anything for the whole day and you know you 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 wake up when the sun uh, rises and you're usually yeah. done working when the sun sets and so we were all gathering together we were making a large meal outside and we we're about to eat and like my tia was like juan what's that and he's like oh yeah one of the horses kicked me and like you still see the hoof imprint and like we didn't take you to the hospital. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't not say anything after that, my dude. Um, he, he, he's fine. He's just dumb. I saw a horse bite my sister's <laughs> arm one time. Ooh, just, oh, those, those wow. teeth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, there. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, horses, horses are so empathetic. They can pretty much read you as you are, mm-hmm. and if you're just a little bit off, they're not going to like you. Yeah. I remember when I worked at the YMCA for a summer, 
we had to take these kids to this Y area where you can take them nature hunting or walking and stuff like that. And one of them was riding horses. Mm. So I was a new guy there and the kids said, Hey, no, ride this horse. He's a cool horse. I can like that. Well, they set me up with the nut. This horse loved to run mm-hmm. and he loved to throw people too. So, you know, we went out there and just kind of went riding and some people passed me kind of going a little bit faster. Well, this horse took off. And I mean, he's flying like crazy. And I'm sitting there on this saying, I'm staying on this horse no matter what, you know. So I saw a field that was like a softball field. It just rained. It was full of mud. I mean, it was just drenched. He came running and then I saw it. He came to a stop. I squeezed my knees against his neck. I didn't fall off that horse. He turned back, look at me, and I looked down there and said, yeah, motherfucker, I'm still here. <laughs> and he kept trying to get me to fall off or stuff like that, and I wouldn't do it. He didn't buck. He just yeah. tried to run and try to lean one way, try to get me to go fall one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I never did. And so he finally decided, screw it. This guy, you know, he ain't going anywhere. I might as well deal with him, you know, get used to him and stuff like that. So, yeah, horses are weird. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've uh, I've never had an experience with the horses. Uh, when I was in uh, negative experience, at least when I was in um, my uh, like sophomore year in high school, um, it uh, I was in a like very antisocial year. That whole like uh, just moved to a new location, lost all my friends, uh, mm-hmm. was working. Uh, many, many hours a night, uh, with no pay just because that's what you have to do sometimes because, uh, your mom right. needs help, right? Like you have to work. Right. Um, so I, I needed a lot of just solo me time because that's also a place where like at time where my brain and is developing and I'm like just teenage angst, I guess. Uh, so every time we would have a party at my uncle's house, the one who had all the horses, um, I would just say, can I just chill with the horses? I'll just like be at the barn. I really don't want to talk to anybody. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, do whatever you want. So like it would just be me and the horses, and I'd always this is back when CDs were a thing, um, and I would just have like my my boombox and play CD music, uh, CDs and just like listen to like Cannibal Corpse and Cradle with the horses, and they were never upset with the music. Like it never startled them. Uh, every time I would go to them, they would just like greet me and and let me pet them. But there's been many times where I brought friends over, and like the horse would be like, "No, mm, not this person. Yeah. I don't know about this guy." That's because the, the music was relaxing you, so that's why they yeah. pretty much felt comfortable with you. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where my brain was at the moment as well. It's like, oh, that's really really cool. Yeah, horses are neat. I know yeah. Ryan has a phobia of horses, but uh, horses are neat. Yeah, horses are neat. Uh-huh. We'll have to get him to play Boot Hill so that way he can be a horse. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> or even better, play a Western game and have someone who has a crippling fear of horses. Mm, yeah. yeah. I know that uh, uh, the Western aesthetic also like uh, inspired a lot of our, like, the when Steampunk was really, really big, uh, like in my college days, everyone here that uh, had their, uh, like, the Victorian aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Not us. Like we're from Texas, we're gonna have like a cowboy aesthetic mix in with the steampunk right. flair. And, yeah, uh, oh. and it was uh, I, it was it was it so worked cool. really well for the show Wild Wild West. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, the movie, I, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it was like, because yeah. uh, when the Victorian era was happening, we still had cowboys here, so why yeah. wouldn't these uh, people interact in this uh, the futuristic world? Yeah. No, it's that's cool. I, it's actually one of the things I really like. Um, one of my... One of my favorite steampunk bands, Abney Park. Mm-hmm. I have the I have their RPG, Airship Pirates. Oh, cool! Ah, uh, super complex. Like I tried running it at one point, and I just couldn't oh. wrap my head around it. It's it's very complicated. You roll so many d sixes. I I feel like I'm playing Warhammer. <laughs> uh, gotcha. And, but it's all set in an alternate history version of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, the world that it's built around is like the new American empire. And, oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, like, so it's this like steampunk wasteland where the free people of the world live in floating sky cities. Yeah, and, yeah. And the imperial cities have like caged off districts where mutants live, uh, and uh, and things like that. And it's it's really cool. Like it's a wonderful world. It's just it was very hard to get. Uh, like for the mechanic to, purposes, that's for, where you adapt it to your purposes. style. Though you just you just take over the game and and make it to where it works for you. Yeah, because that's the only way a game's going to work with kids, the people that are playing it. If the game master is comfortable with it, can make it work for them. Yeah, true. That's why I really like the fudge system because, like, you can pretty much get anything and work it into the fudge system, and it's just mm-hmm. yes or no. Roll the dice. Did you get more yeses or did you get more nos? Does that's how it succeeds? And like, it's just it's such a simple system. I I really enjoy the the fudge system. Um, the uh. On the steampunk topic, uh, Shane, and I mean, Dickie, you as well, um, uh, Wolf actually helped write the Tefra system. Um, oh. He's he's in our Wednesday game, and uh, that's a oh. full steampunk game. Um, like, some of the modules that you can get, like, are, like, he's he's in there. He, he wrote them, and it's all it is is 1D12, which I think is kind of cute mm. because a clock nice. has 12 gear, so... Um, yeah, he's, uh, if you look at our, dis on our private discord, uh, that's why we have a little Tefra like tag. Um, we, we did a one shot, uh, but it was just private between us. Um, and, uh, yeah, as long as you're not an alchemist, which things get really, really complicated, especially if you go into the realm of bio alchemy, um, it's a pretty straightforward game. It's a little well, bit more fantasy. Um, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, uh, I played a uh, what could what's the equivalent to like a satyr rogue, and I had like a returning dagger, and um, pretty much I uh, was just a drunk uh, bard who stole from people. Um, there is nice. a race that is uh, they're like fish folk, but they're really they're angels. They just prefer to be underwater. Because they can use their giant huh. wings to swim faster. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that's it was, actually brilliant. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty cool uh, system. Um, but yeah, if you're ever interested, you can talk to him. He he really likes uh, 
He really likes yeah. that, which is so weird to me that he helped write the system, and I've never met him at all these steampunk events because I've I wasn't a cosplayer first or anything. Yeah. I was like I went into steampunk, and from there, I started branching into like anime, um, and I never saw him at any of the tables or anything, which is bizarre. Hmm. But yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, that's it's like we could have been friends so long ago, but we missed each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. One one thing I really did like about Airship Pirates was there was a there was a chapter about building your own sky cities, mm-hmm. and like you rolled on tables and got different modifiers uh, for certain things, so you could build a city, uh, and like what what's the general income like are they poor are they destitute mm-hmm. are they mm-hmm. wealthy uh what kind of uh what kind of government do they have are they a democracy are they religious oligarchy are they a um are they a theurgy yeah uh, are uh what's what's sign what's some kind of quirk that they that this town has um like is in this town is being a homosexual considered the norm and being heterosexual a uh a b- mm-hmm. consider you a sexual deviant yeah uh, uh it's actually where i got for um my thursday game that i run uh for vic and tabitha and uh and uh some other friends uh I built this town on the edge of a swamp and I rolled on the these tables to build the whole town and I rolled for the quirk of this town is that the founder really loved cheese. Oh, that's, so that's every, okay. Yeah. So every so every year uh on the founder's birthday there's a there's a cheese fair and whoever makes the best cheese wins a prize. Nice. <laughs> Oh, cheese fair. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it it is really cool, and I like. Lo- uh, I I love the world building for that game. It's just the mechanics were, uh, far too crunchy. Yeah, which some people like that. That's um the main argument that I get with the people who don't like fifth edition D and D. They uh they prefer three point or three point five, uh because mm-hmm. like. No, I want to make this complicated character that when I jump, I add these things. So when my when this feat happens and this magical item like activates, like I'm doing seventeen d six of damage. But if it's in this situation, it's twenty two d six of damage. And like, I mean, if that's what you want, bro, then more power to you. Right, uh, count me out. Yeah, that's. I just. Uh, I want to roll my dice and uh, I want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're having fun, then I'm not gonna. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Exactly. I'm, I'm not gonna knock it because what whatever ma- brings you happiness is is what's best for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the other game, the top secret game. Mm-hmm. It um, it really took off back in the '80s and stuff like that. Now they're they're really. They keep adding new additions to it, and they get more and more political and more and more 
advance and stuff like that. So I have to make a decision if we do play it, are we playing it under 1980 rules? Oh. Or do we play modern rules? Because there's no cell phones there. Yeah. Even though um. you may have a, a tie pin camera or a pin that shoots bullets. Yeah. Or something like that. And in, in that, you'd have uh, four different um, agencies or, or four different types of agents. Mm -hmm. You could be a double O agent. You know what that means. You're an assassin. You could be a uh, an agent uh, from the second, and, and that would be a an investigator. Or you could be uh, an agent that's a thief. And then you also have the agent that technician so that way you can kind of balance out your team how you want to do it okay all right yeah i like that that's pretty cool yeah uh yeah i i like that there was one module i got it's probably the most fun mm -hmm. called operation rapid strike and it's basically you're hitting this island where the, the scientist is held captive and you got to break into the island, get stuff like that. They have this tower with a spotlight with a guy and a rifle. It took people three or four times to play that game to get past that guy. Oh, man. <laughs> you'd wow. be picking people off left to right. Wow. I'm going to the fence and cut it open. Bang. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and I I love there are some there are some newer RPGs as well that are just super cool. Um, like uh, my friend Will uh, used to host a uh, a series here on Twitch on Mondays uh, called One Shot Firing Range, where he would uh, play a different uh, one shot of a system that wasn't. D and D or Pathfinder, and there are, yeah. there are so many cool uh, RPGs with so many cool different settings and concepts. Uh, like a few that that really stick out to me is there's one called Threadbare, oh, which yeah. is a post-apocalyptic RPG, but it's Toy Story. You're playing as as living toys. In a world without humans. Okay. Uh, are those like the um, like the one page RPGs? I, uh, well, the, this one I think had had a bit more to it than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there were there were a couple of uh one page RPGs like uh, like lasers and feelings. Uh, where you only rolled two stats, lasers or feelings. <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, so any any social role you rolled feelings. Any like uh, mechanical role you you rolled lasers. Uh, and you could do anything with that. Uh, uh, one similar to uh, villains and vigilantes. Uh, well, there's two. There's mutants and masterminds, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's the one that I really love playing: uh, masks and new generation. Uh, where you play as a team of teen heroes and go through 
the whole like stories of not only coming into your own as heroes but like coming into your own as people as well the, that one's really cool um oh god what's what's another one that i really loved uh misspent youth misspent youth is a <laughs> relatively newer one that i love uh and if you are a fan of punk rock okay then then misspent youth is definitely one that you should try because you're a group of teenagers in a dystopia that you create uh that the, the the group collectively creates the dystopia and the oppressive force that they're rebelling against and it's it's just this really interesting rpg that lets you be the heroes in against an oppressive system that's cool there yeah. is a there is one that we're going to play with uh, for Retro Life, um, Workborg, which is a um, Swedish uh, apocalyptic game. But every single like game that I see uh, within the genre is like it's post-apocalyptic. After the apocalypse happens, uh, what do you do? And this game mm-hmm. says no, it's happening now. What are you doing yeah. now? You're not expected to survive the game, um, yeah. and it's it's fairly like uh, low power, and it feels a little bit like D and D, but uh, they're saying like you you at the end it's a fifty page book, and that's all it is, um, so fairly simple. Uh, you uh, pretty much make a character that's expected to die, um, and you have like a uh, you pick what apocalyptic scenario you're going through like either these witches brought forth a demon or here is some alien invasion or like the plagues coming and um it's supposed to be really really grim dark but uh i uh, i'm i cannot wait to play it. uh trent's gonna dm it or gm it nice um so yeah. I'm, I'm excited that's like uh that's awesome another game that is kind of a dystopian society but that you get to make like five clones of your character, mm-hmm. everybody in the group, and you're basically trying to kill each other, see who's still alive at the end of the game, because you're going through all these traps, these mazes, and all this stuff. And sometimes you got to work together, and sometimes you just kind of push somebody out in front of something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I also have another uh, RPG book of I I've never played it, uh, I never really looked too too deeply into it but there's a game called eclipse phase which is like this grim dark sci-fi uh dystopian future where humanity has uh kind of evolved to where they can transfer their consciousness into different bodies mm-hmm. kind of like altered carbon but right. you can do it into more than just human so, like, hmm. the concept of uh, transhumanism and what it actually means to be a person uh, is, like, a heavy theme in that game. And, like, you could literally start a campaign with everyone waking up in new bodies and having to figure out, oh, you all died. Wait, how did you die? Huh. 
That's cool. Uh, that reminds yeah. me of a book that uh, uh, Cindy was reading um, where this person, every single day, they transfer their consciousness into a new person. So, like, it, um, you like they would, would just wake up and be in this little boy's body who's, like, a baseball player. And you're like, oh, okay, well, apparently I have to go to school now to listen to all these rules and parents that I don't know. And then they would go to sleep, and the next day they would wake up in, like, an elderly person's home. And now they're in, like, um, like a, uh, an old folks' home. And, like, so it continued on like that. Um, and they found their uh, – the person they were going to – I think he transferred into this uh, gay man's body. And they found, like, the person they were going to – like, their soulmate. But he's like – the, I think they were like, damn it, I don't know what I'm going to do because literally tomorrow I'm going to be a completely different person. And so they lied and said, I'm leaving town if you want to keep up with me. <coughs> Hand me your information, your phone number, and we can like uh, like chat that way. And so they became, uh, they started dating via uh, like uh, instant messenger and they were dating for a couple of years and one day they're like hey we should meet up and um they're like they never told him my because how are you going to explain to a person i wake up every single day as a new literally a new person in this town like i don't know who i'm physically going to be tomorrow um so they're like when i see you you might not recognize me just letting you know uh and they're like no no just bringing like the first book that we like we started talking about and, like, I'll recognize that red cover. And uh, they're like, it doesn't matter what you look like. Don't worry. So, like, okay. And they first met as they were a gay person, a gay man. And now they're uh, in a woman's body. But when they met the person they liked, they, the other partner also transitioned. So, like, see, it doesn't matter what body you have. Like, I like you for who you are. And I was like, that's, that's kind of sweet. I don't know how they're going to deal with the whole thing that the next day they might wake up in a literal new body. Like, that's a... Did you ever, no. did you ever see that show on Netflix called Travelers? No, I'm not. Oh, it's a great show. Uh, it's about uh, people from the future living in a dystopian uh, culture that's overcrowded and problems. And they send some people back to our time to stop the apocalypse and stuff like that. Now, the only way they can send people back is they have to time it exactly at the same moment somebody is dying. Oh. So they send a team back, uh, and they all land in different people. And, the, and there were times that they were just about ready to, you know, die. There was this, this lady, and, you know, she saw the librarian being mugged, and she went after her and tried to yell at the kids, the guys, and the guys beat her up and basically killed her. And then she woke up, and the guys kind of went after her. She kind of used some kung fu shit and tore them all up. And she became the team's doctor. She was the doctor medical person. Another guy who was the oldest guy of the team, um, who was big on science and stuff like that, he went into the youngest guy that died during a fight club situation. Yeah. So he had to go back to high school and all this stuff. He's going like, shit, this is ridiculous. You know, why do I got, he kept calling his dad by his first name. He wouldn't call him dad. Uh, the guy who was the historian entered the body of a heroin addict. Uh, the leader of the team 
uh, went into a cop, and it was played by the guy from uh, uh, Will and Grace. Uh, hmm. And then uh, the the one that was kind of a a specialist in all weaponry and military and all this kind of stuff went into the body of an abused woman that was killed by her boyfriend. Yeah. And she came back, started kicking butt and stuff like that. And it's funny, they all have numbers, you know. So whenever they know somebody's going to be coming from the future, they meet them, they greet them, they say, hey, welcome, 6824, you know, welcome to the 20th century, you know, 21st or something like that. It is really a good, good show. Unfortunately, it only went two or three years, and then that was it. But it's, it's good. I highly recommend. It's called Travelers. It's on Netflix. Yeah, sounds like an interesting show. Yeah. Uh, I remember also there was that show called uh, Sense8, where there was yeah. like eight people who shared a consciousness. Yeah. Uh, that that was an that was a really interesting show. I I I didn't watch much of it, but like when I did, there were they they talked about some interesting themes. Hmm. With with the fact that you are sharing consciousness with seven other people so they can all like experience your memories and and like can warn each other of danger and things like that Hmm. yeah like that i i love some of the interesting things that people can come up with yeah yeah time travel is uh is is a hard thing to get right, but once you get it right, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. T- time travel is a tricky thing to deal with in media and yeah, and actually just in most fiction. Yeah, so I was gonna say that I think I've not found a show or something that uh, time travel doesn't contradict itself. Um, so like when I watch people that uh, or movies, sorry, that have it or stories that I read, it, if they try to fix the problem and like address it, it tends to backfire on them from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But if Wait. they're if they're just like it's a thing, don't worry about it, then it tends to be a much more fluid uh, read or or watch. It's like why does lightning come out of this person's hammer? Don't don't worry about it. Just that's how it works in this world. Like. I don't. I don't need to explain to you why the magic comes out of Thor's hammer. It just no. it happens, and we agree that it happens. Everybody's seen Loki. Yeah. Yeah. There's a perfect example of it right there. How the ending went. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I did. I. I read something which is like I think people are reading too much into it. Um, I read something where where I think it was Facebook where it was like if you. If you watch Loki and you watch uh, the One Vision show on both last episodes at this exact moment on minute twenty-seven, uh, when uh, Kane says this, um, Wanda like turns into the Scarlet Witch. That's the the thing that's happening. Like I don't. Some people just don't have a life. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what. To the exact second, like that's a lot of yeah. editing. Trust yeah, me. Same people that write on Facebook. Okay, Batman versus Captain America. Who wins? I write in. Who's writing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like... it's it's literally whoever's writing it. 
yeah that, that was that was exactly what Stan Lee said with the uh, Thor versus Hulk it's like I mean they're no one's ever gonna win because we they're both good guys and we don't want them to like be mad at each other and it's for funsies like yeah every single like oh Hulk versus Wolverine or Hulk versus this person like at the end of the comic they just help each other out defeat a bigger enemy yeah and go their own way mm-hmm yeah, uh, hell, the, uh, there, there was that one time, or one of the many times, uh, in, like, the 90s where they had the DC versus Marvel crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those fights were determined by votes. Really? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yeah. And, yeah. like, some of them made sense, others didn't, um, like... I, I remember the Flash beating uh, Quicksilver, like, everyone voted that. And when you read that, you're like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Um, my favorite in those was reading the uh, Tim Drake Robin versus Jubilee. They decided oh. to stop fighting and go on a date. <laughs> that, would, that would make sense. Which one was the crossover where, like... Uh, I forgot who it was. Um, I don't remember what the villain was, but like it was Marvel and DC had to unite together to stop this great force. And like Captain America and Thor were like, oh, we're no match for them. But maybe the Superman guy, like if we both give him our weapons. So it was like Superman with Thor's hammer and Captain America's shield. And apparently like that was the most ultimate like being in existence now and it's like have you read superman comics omega superman like that yeah. motherfucker literally held infinity in his hand he held everything in his hands and glued it together when the world was being split apart i don't care how strong thor is and he is my favorite superhero by the way mm-hmm. like superman does not need his hammer for help let alone captain Whoa. america's shield like it's 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 mother effing superman like that's yeah. no, I, I still love Superman. Yeah, there's a photo op picture of Thor and hammer and shield. That's all yep, it was. Yeah. That's exactly that. That was just so the because it looks cool and to sell the comic and maybe toys. That's all that was. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah, but I yeah, and I I get that, but hell. You, even my favorite superhero, uh, Aquaman, has has had some really cool moments that kind of don't make sense at, at times. Like uh, like the time he choked out Superman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Aquaman's strong, but he ain't Superman strong. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's what do the writers want right now. What's, uh... Basically. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I I don't disagree with the when my girlfriend's like I can't read comic books with Superman because he's so boring. He's just gonna win. There is no challenge, because the story of Superman is what is it like for a god to live amongst humans? Like that's his <laughs> entire story, versus like someone like like I don't know, like Goku, which is a very classic. Who would win? Like Superman. Superman's always gonna win. Like I don't yeah. care how strong Goku is, but every time you defeat Goku, he's just gonna like get stronger. 
Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll say this: I can get, I can give your, I can give your girlfriend some, uh, some Superman reading that okay. may that she may actually like. Because you might like watching Superman and Lois, because the biggest toughest time Superman has is raising his two sons. Yeah, yeah that that uh, would be a more interesting, yeah thing. I, but like, I I really love uh, certain writers for Superman, uh, like. Like well, actually, I just love Grant Morrison in general, but his run on Action Comics was one of the few good things in uh, during the New Fifty Two All Star mm-hmm. Superman's a f- amazing miniseries. Yeah, uh, that he did that like explores a lot of uh, why Superman is the way that he is. There is this. Uh, I I don't know who the. Uh, author is but it's like a, a very simple standalone issue of superman where um which is like i'm pretty sure is my favorite read out of anything i've ever held in my hands for like comic book related um like saga was a really close second uh when thor Saga's rebuilt, a great one yeah when thor rebuilt uh asgard oklahoma that was pretty good but um, this one, it was just like, it's a simple standalone thing. Like, it's not even multiple issues. I think Saga was like four or five. But all it is is this kid who's an abusive, uh, has an abusive parent. Like, yeah, uh, the, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that, that one is just so good. We're like, I think, um, yeah, long he, story short. Hmm? Yeah, he sees a bruise on Superman's cheek from a fight he had with a supervillain. And yeah. he asks, does your dad hit you too? Yeah. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, and Superman just blew it. And I I love the ending because it uh, like there's so many signs like throughout the comic. Like the kid went to school with the bruised eye, and like you know was walking around in the middle of the street like in his neighborhood, um, and like the family's known to have an abusive father. But uh, when everyone congratulates Superman for putting the the father in jail. Because, you know, obviously he was beating his wife and his son. Uh, yeah. he's, he just turns like, why are you applauding? You could have done this. You don't need me to do this for you. Like, yeah. I'm out there saving galaxies. You should have arrested this man. Obviously, you should pay more attention. And I was like, that's that's pretty that's pretty good, man. That's some, that's some good yeah. writing right there. Yeah. Like, I, I, love, I love Superman. I, I think he's just a, a fantastic character. And... I, I, as on the surface of him just being a god, godlike character, I it's it's his humanity that I really love. Just mm-hmm. his empathy for for people, and I, I love I love characters that have empathy and can be relatable. Yeah, there was this. I, I don't know what the the story was or the issue was. It was I saw it as a uh, like an image, but um, I think it was like Superman on a cloud, and he was just really really sad because when he when he finally discovers that he has no limits and stops putting his own mental barriers um, as a limitation, he literally can hear every single person on the earth who needs help. And he's literally the fastest, literally the strongest in the most, like, and can take anything. And even with all his strength and speed, he knows he's not fast enough to save everybody. And, like, when that dawns on him, it's, like, it cripples him. 
And I'm like, damn, that's some that's some good shit right there. <laughs> like that's the type of writing I want to see Superman. I don't I don't uh, like him defeating Darkseid. Yeah, all right, that's that's cool, I guess. But like, no, that's the emotional part. That's what I want to read for for a Superman comic. I want to see Captain America get beat up and stand up and says, "No, I can, I can try." Like that's who I want to see. The person that I know can't. I can yeah, like that's that's such a great line for Captain America. When Superman says that, it's it'll be like, "Of course he can." That's yeah. Like now you're just showing off. Like nobody likes you anymore. So uh, what's what's y'all's favorite superhero? Mine's Thor, obviously. Because mine was the Fantastic Four. Okay, I think that they said oh. that they're gonna. Um, this might not be correct information. It might just be like fan speculation. But I think they said that when they bring the Fantastic Four into the new, uh, whatever this new wave for Marvel movies are. Marvel phase. Yeah, uh, I believe, uh, um, Mister Fantastic is going to become the new brains of. Like uh, the Marvel universe, because mm-hmm. Tony Stark. No, Tony has... Stark. Yeah. 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 Which I'm kind of not looking forward to. For the uh, new the new stuff, why? Well, no, uh, just I I'm not a fan of Reed Richards. Okay. Yeah, like I I just don't like him as a character. I don't think he's a very good person. Um. I I I'm kind of in the that uh that kind of nerd who. Fu- who finds Reed Richards to be a very villainous character who does a lot of good while as where Dr. Doom is actually kind of a good guy. <laughs> Wait, oh, okay. So what's looks changed. I was say, yeah. what's your take on that, Dickie? Are, are we having some I, I, internal struggles? I don't know. Dr. Doom being a good guy. I can't see it. Well, of course, then again, I've been out of I've been out of comic books for over forty years. Too. Well, oh, for, the, okay. for the longest time, Doctor one of Doctor Doom's sole motivators in life was to rescue his mother's soul from hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he just hates Reed Richards pretty much. Um, but in his country of Latveria, while yes, he is a dictator, uh, and he his incredible intelligence and mastery of magic has helped his country thrive so his uh country has health care they have agriculture they have they have no crime like literally zero they, crime. they have they have zero crime and like and like there was that really great uh arc in marvel comics where uh, Doom takes over Wakanda. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And he meets with uh, the Panther God, mm-hmm. and the Panther God looks into the futures and sees that the only future where there is no uh, suffering or want is the one where Doom is in con- uh, yeah. rules the world. the The only thing that is holding Doom back is his own ego. Yeah, because I think what the Panther God was saying, because even T'Challa was like, are you serious? Because I believe you had to be pure heart uh, and something else like to cross this barrier. And like even Storm was like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm a good person, but 
I don't mess with gods. And T'Challa was like, um, you know, I, I'm obviously these things because I am the Black Panther. So they crossed through, if I'm remembering correctly. And like the it like my understanding when I read that was like, if Doom becomes a dictator of Earth, like you would do no wrong because your punishment is facing Doom. So let's just be a good person. Like, like his fear would make you not commit crime and not hurt others. So the only option you have is just live a peaceful life and be happy. Which is a complete dictatorship and very, very, like, BBEG lawful evil. But at least the planet would be okay. And everything would thrive because you would give everyone their technology. And, like, you would just have complete peace. Yeah, you wouldn't... Crime, in in this sense, is brought about by lack of I, w I would say social infrastructure like their uh, mental health issues whose uh, poverty you know, think things like that those all do cause crime because people don't have uh, health care people will need need food and housing and things like yeah. that and they lash out and they do things in order to try and gain those things and if in a world like where Dr. Doom has like taken over the world and has given everyone that and only asks that you obey the laws like everyone's going to go you mean we don't have to want for anything we don't have to we don't have to lower ourselves to doing indecent things in order to survive mm -hmm. okay yeah if i can just wake up and go to work and like uh i like like all i have to do is like wait why should i go to work everything's given for me it's great agriculture so all i i can just wake up and write and like food will be provided for me and my family will be safe and like i don't have to worry about like my sister's medical conditions like yeah. okay yeah yeah let's just live in a utopia or like hey if uh my job is to deliver food to people oh well, well, i deliver food to people and nobody is going hungry or starving yeah i'm gonna deliver food to people i love i i'm happy to do that like come on mm -hmm. <laughs> I I'm part of I'm part of the system that helps make sure that nobody is starving. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's which, a... which, is, which is one of the things. Like Doctor Doom is is still like he's a terrible narcissist and <laughs> and does things for his own personal gains. Yeah. But in in many ways, I would I would think that he's honestly kind of a a would make a better hero than reed richards does i i don't really remember reading much of uh the fantastic four yeah so like i don't know i just knew you that see, i read the very or i read the first ones that came out like mm -hmm. when they introduced the submariner again oh yes yeah. yes 
the Frightful Four, which was a good one with Medusa, yeah. Wizard, the Trapster, Sandman. Yeah, no, yeah, I, those were I, good. Early Fantastic Four was yeah. was awesome. Yes, uh, as as the characters evolved and things like that, people uh, started getting more in getting them deeper, you know, more yeah. in depth characters and stuff like that. Which yeah. you know, it goes with territory. Everything evolves eventually. Yeah. Once you start fleshing out characters, you have to add in flaws. Yeah. That's why Wolverine, uh, because Wolverine was just supposed to be like, uh, I think he, uh, what was it? He showed up just to fight Hulk, I think in a one shot. That was supposed to be the end of Wolverine. But people liked the character so much that it was introduced and like. Yeah, then he became a part of the X-Men. Yeah. And, uh, uh. Because uh, I was watching uh, X Men on Disney, uh, like the cartoon show, and um, it, it just it it feels like the writers didn't know what to do with Wolverine. And me and my girlfriend were talking about it, and it's just because he comes in, Morph dies in episode two, so Wolverine's obviously mad at uh, and blames it on Cyclops for like Cyclops retreating, and the so the, he comes in, punches Cyclops. And it's like, next time I'm going to use my claws. And then goes and is raging and destroys Cyclops' car. And the, and Storm comes out and it's like, hey, where are you going? You can't just leave. Like, tell Cyclops. Tell Cyclops I made him a convertible. And then he just leaves. <laughs> and she looks at me like, that is such a bad line. I'm like, yeah, of course. Because they don't know what to do with him. He has to be relatable to kids because we need to sell toys. But it's also Wolverine. So, like, he's gonna be a dick because that's what he is. But yeah. they don't know how to, like, mash it perfectly. And it's just, yeah. now that I'm watching again, it's like, oh, this is such a bad show. Why don't I love it? And then you hear the theme song. I'm like, okay, now I know why I loved it. And, and even then, there are, there are some good parts uh, to the 90s show. Though I, I pretty much grew up with uh, X-Men Evolution. X-Men Evolution uh, was great. I did. I do yeah. like X-Men Evolution. And they knew how to do, uh, they knew what to do with Wolverine with that yeah. one. Because uh, in the comics, Wolverine becomes like a father figure to so many characters. Yes, yes, yes he does. Um, like, everyone talks about Wolverine's superpowers just being like, oh, he's got the healing factor and the animal senses and the, and the claws. Like, no, his real superpower is becoming a father figure to teenage girls. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Rogue and Kitty. Jubilee. And, yeah. And, oh, so many. And that man gets around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Oh, but I also do love, he has the dumbest disguise ever. What what's his disguise? Uh, one time he like faked his death because he thought it was uh, it was better to like get away from the X Men and because uh, people were after him. Uh-huh. Later he showed up in Madripoor, running a casino as a dude named Patches or a dude named Patch, and it's literally just Wolverine in a white tuxedo and an eye patch. <laughs> what? For real? For real. I saw this thing of like 
uh, it was Wolverine in a white tuxedo with an eye patch, and he had diamond claws. And uh, apparently, like when he stabs someone with his diamond claws, he can like read their thoughts. Uh, but I thought that was like a joke. I, I don't, don't remember that... the reading thoughts thing. Because uh, the, uh-huh. the whole diamond and telepathy is kind of the Emma Frost thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's, I saw that literally yesterday. Um, and I'm like, this is such a stupid idea. Like, this is so dumb. And now that you're saying that that was a disguise, it sounds even dumber. And I love how dumb it sounds. I will never <laughs> read it. But I'm, it's hilarious. I'm actually going gonna post this in our... Okay. In the uh, in the voice uh, chat, text chat, because, like, oh that is my god, literally... oh my god, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, you're not Wolverine at all. <laughs> yeah, you're totally not Wolverine. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're okay. the only guy. That... No, there's other people who have that hairstyle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love that the the comics. Uh, I mean, the what was it? The uh, I'm gonna show you the uh, what I was talking about. Um, not the comics. The, the movies still will try to give Hugh Jackman like uh, that little puff of hair. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Which is like, at first, like, this looks bad, but they started toning it down a little bit, a little bit, and like, all right, now it looks pretty believable and it's cool. I get it. Yeah. And they're still throwing money at him for him to play the, keep playing the part. Yeah, but uh, he, he's done. He's yeah, done. I, uh, he doesn't want to do it no more. No. He said Tom Hardy should do it. Which I agree. Tom Hardy's a fantastic actor. I I don't think so. What you don't think I, Tom Hardy's good at everything he's Tom ever Hardy's, done? I think Har- Tom Hardy is a fantastic actor. Oh, but for the part, okay. But for Wolverine, I think they should get someone a little bit more comic accurate because Wolverine. Is as tall as Lynn. Yeah, he's a he's a short guy. How tall is Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy is like Tom six. Hardy short. Is he? I heard he was short. Huh. I'm looking at right. him right now. He is five nine, so he's one inch shorter than me. Okay. Yeah, he's an inch shorter than me. Schwarzenegger's shorter. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Tom Hardy in the Warrior? I have. He is a jack boy. I I've seen Tom Hardy in uh, Bronson. Oh, I love Bronson. If you want to yeah. see like a great display of acting, Tom Hardy and Bronson is phenomenal. Also, Tom Hardy in anything is pretty yeah. phenomenal. There's so many movies that I've seen Tom Hardy in, and I'm like, oh shit, that's Tom Hardy. And that's that's when you know it's a good movie because you see the character before you see the actor's face. Yeah. Um, also in Bronson, I watched the movie, I, I'm going to say... Uh, at least like five times I've watched the movie with friends, um, just like showing it to different people. On the last time that I saw it, and the uh, scene where he douses himself in oil and is like singing, waiting for the guards to come get him, uh, I did not know he was butt ass naked. And you saw all of Tom Hardy in that scene, like mm-hmm. every inch of him, balls and all. And I'm like, yeah. oh, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you do get a good look at Tom Hardy. It's kind of like Jake Davidson in the movie. God, what was it called? Uh, the Crying Game. The Crying yeah. Game. Okay. Yeah, we're well, yeah. basically a guy, a reporter, or something like that. Falls for a beautiful woman, but it's a transvestite. Yeah. 
and he finds out when he's starting to seduce her, and it shows it, shows it all right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody uh, remembers that as, the, like, the big twist of the movie, but that's, like, yeah. halfway through. Yep, that's right. What was the, um, shoot, uh, camp, then summer or something? Then Stargate, making Stargate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the villain in Stargate. Yep. That was also the twist for, oh, fuck. The only movie that I've ever been like, oh, crap, okay. Uh, it startled me a little bit uh, for like four, <laughs> that, like in in now that I'm not a, uh, like past teenagers when I'm because when I was a kid and saw horror movies ah Freddy but um, now oh. it's like uh, Camp Summer Sleepaway, Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp, Camp which like the twist at the end was that um, this yeah. uh, little girl was actually a boy um, it, it yeah. uh, that that's not like the the serving part the serving part was how. When he killed that last person and had their head up and it was completely naked, just looking at the camera, screaming and hissing, yeah. that w- that is a terrifying scene. Like, yeah. it is just creepy to like the yeah. next level. Just like his head hunched over and him screaming. Oh, yeah. that's 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 some gold right there. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp was was a was an interesting movie. Um, uh, they also used that twist in uh ace ventura um with the uh with the police like the police captain being uh being a former dolphins uh kicker oh uh i guess i'm forgetting all that uh yeah yeah like the uh the, the twist of the first Ace Ventura movie. Spoilers for a 1994... <laughs> or, Major or, or, spoiler alert. Mi- spoilers for a mid-90s Jim Carrey comedy. <laughs> uh, but like a- Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, like he finds out that the murderer was this like former uh, NFL uh, kicker. Oh, who, yes, yes. Who went crazy and then became a woman and was the uh police captain who always harassed him uh yeah they and they even played music from the crying game uh when he found out and yeah i gotcha yeah yeah it's it's coming back it's coming back yeah yeah, um, it's an all right movie. Not not one of my favorites, but I I really enjoyed Ace Ventura. I uh, yeah. I, have, I have a bad time with that movie, but for for personal reasons, when I watched it uh, with uh, yeah. someone in my past, but I I really enjoyed Ace Ventura. I uh, yeah, I I, I, I personally a... prefer the second one to the first it's, one. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, I'm not remembering much of the first. Like all my thoughts are of the second. So that's probably, but I think I watched the second one first. So in my memory, like that's the original Ace Ventura. Yeah. I also do love that um, he just uh, one of my favorite bands. He listened to them and was like, "What is this? What's this death metal thing?" Like, oh yeah, no, he's a he was a huge Cannibal Corpse fan. Yeah. So he so he got them into the movie. Yeah, and uh, I when he was um, 
I, Letterman or, or or Conan. He was on one of those shows, like yeah. advertising the film, and it was uh, he he was like saying like, oh yeah, the movie you had like this like metal band playing. Like, what's up with that? Like. And he just got so excited and, and like lit up. Like, have you heard of them? And then he started doing like death vocals, and yeah. he actually sounded pretty good for someone who was just trying to imitate it. And I'm like, damn, all right. Have you yeah. ever thought of joining a metal band, Ace? Like, that's yeah. that's that sounds. Jim Carrey is an interesting man. Yeah, he's he's a he's a great great actor. He throws yeah. his entire body into it. I uh, I went to go watch the Sonic movie as a uh, a joke, be like, oh, this is gonna be so bad. I'm just gonna really? make fun of it. Like, yeah, I, I did not expect the Sonic movie to be good. And, I went uh, in there expecting it to be awesome. And I like, I know Ace. Uh, sorry, Ace. I know that Jim Carrey's in it, so I'm like, all right, it's gonna. And it was written by one of my favorite writers, who's a great comedic. Uh, sorry, it's not written. It was voiced by a really fun comedic uh, writer. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be super cringy, uh, but, and it's going to have some moments, but, uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy it, but probably not for the reasons that the, uh, the writers wanted me to enjoy it. I'll just have fun roasting it. And then me and my girlfriend watched it and we both came out with uh, smiles on our face saying, did we just enjoy the Sonic movie? Like non-ironically, we enjoyed that movie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we did. It's a good movie. Yeah, it was. I, like, I'm it's excited. nothing amazing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, like, it's good. Yeah, we, we all thought it was going to be bad, and we all made fun of it. And then uh, we saw how horrible the animation was. They listened to their audience, redid yeah. it, and it turned out to be an amazing movie. Well, a, a good part movie. of me still wants to see... I, a part of me still wants to see the same movie with that terrible, terrible animation. Oh, yeah. Just the Jim Carrey... The funniest part of the whole movie was when Jim Carrey ex- exploded about his latte, and that was ad-libbed. And I'm like, of course it was. Like yeah. the, the best moments in most movies are just, like, ad-libbed. And, like, the director just let the camera roll. Yeah. yeah. Some of, some of the best moments are just complete off-the-cuff lines. Yeah. Um, like, I, I get another movie ad-lib that's just fantastic is... Uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Actually, a lot of that was improv. Yeah, that's what Taco Wakiti um, said. But I, uh, but my favorite bit of improv is uh, the story that Thor tells about him and Loki when they were kids. <laughs> so one time he turned into a snake, snake, and he knows that I love snakes. So, so I picked <laughs> it up to admire it, it, and he turned back into himself. And was like, ah, it's me!" And then he stabbed me. We were eight at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back to what Dickie said earlier, like people yes. have way too much time on their hands. I read yeah. a conspiracy thing that uh, that version of Loki was the actual Loki who killed Thor because of that child Loki that uh, like in that variant timeline when he stabbed Thor, that's when he killed him. See, it's all like one gigantic thing. They thought of this so many years ago, like, no, I mean, it was like a throwaway line that was funny, and you know, there is Kid Loki, so like, just... Kid Loki is a thing. Yeah, but in that universe, if that is, if that is how that is, that's cool. I'm I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but yeah. like, if 
if the fact that that Loki killed Thor, and uh, and that's why he's a variant, and then why couldn't it be that story? Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't it be? It's yeah, just... it, it may not be planned, but like, it's a cool coincidence, and why not? It's a happy little accident. Happy little accident. There you go. Yeah. Oh, happy accidents. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we, we're at that time. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question um, okay. to, uh, to end it off. Um, so Dickie and Shane, uh, give, give us one piece of content, media, some entertainment that we should look into, whether it be book, comic, movies, whatever, podcast. Well, you know where I'm going to go with that. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's not fair. <laughs> give me a thing. Give me a thing. Let, let the audience know of a thing that you really enjoy. Um, gosh, really, I, I mean, I'm mostly been involved in writing and, and role-playing games. There's hardly anything I'm watching. Um, I've been really catching up with old shows more than anything. Uh, yeah. like Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. finally watched that from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first series or the second one? The second one, the one in no. the, with, the, with Starbuck was a woman. Yeah. And uh, it, it depends what you like. If you like fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that, there's, you could pick a dime a dozen of, of those. But if you're looking for a show that characters, I mean, like uh, Game of Thrones was great because not so much it had dragons, which is like 10% of the movie. It just shows it was the characters that drove that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, I'm, I'm watching... Uh, Last Kingdom on Netflix is also uh, it's about uh, England before it unified and the main character was raised as a Brit he was the son of a king he was kidnapped by the Vikings he was raised the oh, Vikings so yes. lived them. Yes. and it is a great great show it you recommended really me that and I will let you know that yes 100% it is a great show yes. and then uh, Longmire was a good one and on the same vein of that is uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone's probably one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life as far as My character. dad's a big fan of Yellowstone. Oh, my God. It is amazing. It is really amazing. I mean, yeah, you really what, From what I've seen, it's really good. It's good. Yeah. So I highly recommend those two. All right. Awesome. Uh, so I'm going to recommend a few comic books to, uh, mm-hmm. to all y'all. I. Uh, and they're not anything from DC or Marvel. Uh, one is an image comic I really yes. love called Bitterroot. Uh, it's about this family of like monster hunters in the 1920s. The art style is basically steampunk meets the Harlem Renaissance. Wow. It's, it's such a cool, uh, just visually interesting series and like it's i'm mostly uh mostly black creative team the family uh the main characters are are this black family it's uh it's even like hinted at uh in the first volume that the uh the toll uh the tulsa massacre was caused by these uh monsters that it's basically are created when uh, 
when people's souls turn dark. So with okay. so a lot of so a lot of the uh, monsters are uh, either like racist white white folks who like let their hate consume them and turn them into monsters, or uh, or like one of the villains is a survivor of the uh, Tulsa massacres and uh, has become something else because his desire for revenge has transformed him. Uh, gotcha. uh, another one that I really love is called Once in Future. Uh, and that's from Boom Studio. It was, uh, and that one is about a man and his grandmother uh, who are in Scotland. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're in Scotland. But some some British nationalists find the scabbard to Excalibur and bring Arthur back to life. Uh, but the thing is, the prophecy of the once and future king, Arthur will come back in Britain's darkest hour. Yeah. That's a prophecy that can be taken two ways. Either he comes back to save England from its darkest hour, or in this case, his coming causes its darkest hour. Yeah, that's what, okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, the the villain of this story is basically a resurrected, lichified King Arthur, and it's just this really interesting series. Like the first issue, you see the quest beast. And oh, cool. the design is fantastic. Cool. The art by Dan Mora is just oh, so good. Nice. And both both really great series to check out. Um, the first couple volumes are are uh, are available in trade. So if you ever want to go down to your old local comic book store and and pick them up, they're they're really good. Cool. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that, especially because we're doing a, a King Arthur campaign. Um, yeah. If I had a pick, and this is a uh, new to me, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Ah, uh, Jodie Foster is the main actress in the movie, not Silence of the Lambs. Um, the girl who lived in Something Street. It's it's starring like 13 year old Jodie Foster. Um. Oh my God! I'm trying to remember the name taxi, of it. Taxi driver? No, uh, the girl down the lane. Yes, thank you. The girl down the lane. So, um, uh, Cindy introduced to me. She's saying like, "This is one of my favorite movies of all time," and uh, I'm like, "Okay." So it, it it starts out that Jodie Foster is uh um living in this house by herself, and um uh there is uh uh like it's halloween and this this dude just walks in and is like oh you're by yourself like obviously like huge red flags like this guy's a perv um trying to like uh get this 13 year old girl to sleep with him and jody foster just like stands her ground and like kicks him out um and i i have not finished watching it i'm i'm almost done um and uh just because time and commitments but uh, like the whole town knows that this dude's a pedophile, and but does nothing about it. And Jodie Foster is not taking anybody's shit, and like she befriends this boy, 
and try and like they're being cutesy together and like this creeper of a dude comes back and it's like all right boy you need to leave like me and her need like our time by ourselves and um the the kid has like a messed up leg and so the older guy like uses that to his advantage to overpower the kid and as soon as he's leaving and like see you were defeated in combat by me so get the hell out of here kid um Hmm. the kid has a cane and he takes off the cane and fucking it draws a sword and puts it to the creeple's neck. And I literally jumped out of my seat like, fuck yeah. I forgot the kid's <laughs> name was like Dominique or Diego or something. Like, fuck yeah, Diego. Fuck that guy. And uh, Cindy looked at me. She's like, wow, you really like this movie? I'm like, yeah. Fucking Jodie Foster's a boss. Diego's a badass. Fuck this creeper guy. Of course I like this movie. So, uh. That's what I You said in Puerto Rico real well because people always talk to the movies there. Wait, um, one quick movie I forgot to mention yeah. is on Netflix called Old Guard. Which oh. is a, yeah, it's based good. on a comic book. Yes, it is excellent. I I I also I, I recommend the movie and the comic. I uh, like the the comic's great. Um I'm wait for the second one to come out because you know they left it hanging. Yeah. I I will admit, uh, oh God, what's his name? Nick, uh, or Nico? Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, the Greek, uh, the Greek character in the comics. Oh my God, his nose! <laughs> oh God, it's like it's like a very '90s style artwork uh, for it. So, like, he he has a. He has a honker, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but like that, it that's such a great, great um, great movie. I love I love the old guard. Uh, love me some Charlize Theron. Yes, yes. Oh nice. man. Well, that's some uh, good recommendations. A lot of uh, things to watch, read, and enjoy. I guess that's going to do it for tonight's uh, podcast. Um, thank you guys so much for coming just just hanging out. We don't we do not do this as much as I really would want to. No. Yeah. Really? Life. And as much as we... Well, I mean, we have a lot of fun playing these games and, and, and doing all this stuff for you guys. But it, it's work at the end of the day. Um, quote, unquote, work. It does yeah. take time. So... Uh, just just sitting down having a beer sometimes is uh, uh, not in the cards for that week. Um, but, all right. Love you guys so much. Please uh, take care of one another. Be safe. Follow all our social medias. Uh, links. Go buy Dickie's book. Um, go support all the artists and friends that we have. We love you. Take care. Adios, everybody. Yep. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>